1059 The Fan, Ben Ennis, Frank Gunning. By the way, Raptors Magic tonight, 7 o'clock, Sportsnet, Sportsnet 1. Uh, it's a resumption of the in-season tournament. Raptors play today in Orlando against the Magic. They play on Friday in uh, Chicago, or sorry, at home against Chicago. There's a game in Indiana in, uh, on Wednesday, but that's not part of the in-season tournament. Irrelevant. Um, they play on Friday. Or maybe it matters more. Who can say? They play on Friday against the Bulls. Sunday in Cleveland. Again, not part of the in-season tournament. So who cares? Irrelevant. And then Tuesday in Brooklyn against the, the Nets to wrap up their in-season tournament play. So it's coming fast and furious. So this is a must-win for the Raptors tonight because... They have to run the slate after losing to the Celtics last mm-hmm. Friday. They got to they got to continue to win. Hopefully, the the court in better shape than the Raptors in season tournament court on or Friday. Just, just do what the Mavericks did. Just use your regular one if that one's not ready. Yeah, I'd be fine with that too. It's great. Uh, I, if yeah, I, my rods I, and cones would be totally fine. I was with that gonna as say well. uh, if they actually wanted to have a bonfire in, uh, I guess they call it Jurassic Park when they're using it for Raptors purposes, right outside of mm-hmm. of uh, Scotiabank Arena mm-hmm. with said floor. Mm-hmm. I would personally, it's a cold day. They, I heard uh, VR friends at City News 680. They've opened warming centers in the city. So go burn that, that floor. I was cold. I, I actually wore a jacket in the car today for the first time. I'm normally in the car. Yeah. I was so cold. I was chilly. I was like, mm, I don't want this. I'm put a jacket on while I go to the car. Oh, so the point on. was you want to burn the court. Yes. That was where we started out with this. That, that gray one, never again. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing what? I appreciate the effort, but yeah, no, it's, it, it's not working. Uh, somewhere there is a gulf between the depression black and white court we saw from the Raptors yeah. and these like, Chicago, like the shining courts I'm yeah. seeing of just like blood red. I'm yeah. good on that as well. If mm-hmm. we could find a middle ground, like, I don't know. What about the color of wood that we've played basketball? Mm-hmm. I know every time we talk about something new, I just sound a thousand years old, but mm-hmm. whatever happened to just about a the good peach baskets? Well, well what's with this mesh on no, the rim? I'm okay with mesh. Uh, well, yeah. bring it back you know what? To the be- you know what? If, not bring it back to the peach masters, but if you're going to do something different, it's like, why don't you just put chain mesh on it? It's like, oh, we're going to make it so different yeah. here. How or cool how would that sound? Peach baskets. No, like, not. No. Why not? not? Because why not? I mean, Major League Baseball does their like Field of Dreams game. So right? on a one-off, mm-hmm. on a one-off, and the Pacers can host it every year. They yeah. have. They've actually worn like Hickory High throwback yeah. uniforms. So mm-hmm. sure, as a one-off, the Pacers can do it. Hoosiers, uh, they didn't use peach baskets though. Yeah, but like I don't. <laughs> Who cares? Make it amalgam. It's just like old timey day. <laughs> Confusing. Why? <laughs> well, what are we doing? Are we doing Hoosiers? Are we doing like both. Dr. James Naismith? Yeah, what are why we doing? Not, why not both? I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> let me tell you, do you think Dr. James Naismith would have seen the uniforms from Hoosiers and said, wow, ah, what's that? I feel like he would have been, oh, that's good. Some good tight shorts there, boys. Keep it up. <laughs> All right, this is what happens when there's no Leafs or Raptors game day the, the night prior to it. Please <laughs> come back, Leafs. I did, well, I bet say I did so well. I was terrible all last week. No, I need you back in my, no, no, I just mean, I just mean in terms of keeping it remotely within the lines, remotely well, on we're the We're going to get them back. You're going to get it back on the track here. Okay. That's what you're here so for. So we, we did a little taste test of the what's more likely. Mm-hmm. I think it went swimmingly, the yeah. first question. It was I, good. I, although we both agreed, so yeah, that was not. not so good. Maybe not. All right. How about this one? I got another one for you, Brent. Mm. What's more likely? Austin Matthews scores 60 again or Nylander scores 50 and has 100 points? This season? Yeah, it's more like no, no. Yeah, I'm the, 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 I'm okay, just yeah. Setting up. My I guess answer. you're right. I, I got offended because it's like that seemed obvious, but 
Yeah, the, all these questions are about this season. Mm, okay. Although I guess you have a couple. I have that a couple are, that are like a little more long. nebulous. Yeah. This season, the more likely thing. This is how math works, guys. The more likely thing is Nylander fifty and hundred points. I disagree. You disagree? Mm-hmm. All right. I think that with Matthews, we have seen him get on the runs where he can rip off what we've already seen from him this year. It's entirely possible he has another one of those in him, but we also see him go the other way. He also has not dealt with the roughly 10 games he misses a year for injury. And hey, if he wants to play 82, I'm not going to begrudge him for it, but it's something we've not seen happen. So I don't know why we'd be banking on it there. That's why I look at it as sometimes when it's your year, it's your year. And that's not so much to say it's not Matthew's year, but it definitely is Nylander. So I look at 50 and 100 is the more likely thing. Past performance is the best indicator mm-hmm. we have of future results. Yep. Austin Matthews has physically done the thing that I posed in this question. William Nylander might, like, and he's, like you said, he's on pace to do so. He's never done it. Mm-hmm. Like, I would bank on the guy who's done it before looks at times like that guy. Although, that being said, like, is anybody looking at that top line outside of like fits and starts as being mm. the dominant line that it can be, will be, I think? For the majority of this regular season, I know his shooting percentage is, is super high. Austin yeah. Matthews is, but that that top line of him and Marner and and Matthew Nyes, who I, I think is going to be a fixture on that top line Agreed. all season long. I to me, they haven't hit their stride yet, and still he's in the league lead with 14 goals through 17 freaking games. No, it's 100 the guy that's done the thing before, as opposed to the guy who's never done the thing before, and literally like again. William Nylander having a great season and not unexpected that he would be great mm-hmm. this season. I don't know. The possibility exists that he's not like a 110, 120-point guy in a 60-goal score. Like it, the, There is going to be a fallow part of the season yep. for William Nylander as well, as there will be and as there has been at times for Austin Matthews. He still leads the league in goals. No, it's Austin Matthews 100%. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't think it's necessarily all that unlikely. Like, I'm not sitting here telling you Matthews can't get to 60. It's just in an either or. I uh, feel a little more likely about, about Nylander. All right, this one is super straightforward and definitely for just this year. Simple question. Who starts more games this year? Joe Wall or Ilya Samsonov? Oh, God. That's tough, right? Because it's just like, hey, in my opinion, I'll start. I'll start. Well, I'll give you some time to think about this. Yeah, because I want to. Yeah, here. No, here's how the, many have they started. Here, here's already. what it is. It's just, okay, we can even phrase it in a different way from this moment on. Who starts more games the, the rest of the year between those two? Because honestly, it is like shaking a magic eight ball. Anyone who tells you they have a definitive answer yeah. to this question is crazy. It's okay. goaltending in the NHL. I think. The Joe Wall will oh, start more games this gun. year. You asked the question. The other oh. person's supposed to get the, the first crack of the answer. I don't know. You looked at me confused, so I just wanted to give my answer. <laughs> I gave you some time to think about it. <laughs> I, I do like to think on things instead of just like yeah, rattling the, off is, an answer. Which is why I no, gave no, no, mine. No, 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 no. But I'm ready. Okay. Well, especially when you said... I would like to retract my answer of Joe Wall so Ben can have the first well, crack at this. because now it's like I, I wanted... I don't want us to both have the same answer. And maybe if I'd given my answer first, you would have diverged from what I'm about to say. But I, I'm going to stick with the guy that yeah. I thought would emerge as the starter answer all the season question. long. The, the guy that the franchise wants to be the starter. And all mm-hmm. things being equal, the guy who's under contract for under 900K next season yep. and is a homegrown guy, mm-hmm. Joseph Ball, that's who the Leafs would like to be the number one going into the postseason. So to me, 
Yeah, and he is, his numbers have been better than Samsonov. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the guy that was like 960 save percentage over his first three games. I, I think that's fair to say that he's no. not that guy, but I, can he be an above average goaltender as far as save percentage is concerned all season long? I think that's very much in the realm of possibility. I get it. Samsonov was more than a, above average. He was great, great, great mm-hmm. a season ago, but like you said, it's goaltending. I think Samsonov... I mean, the start would indicate that he's having a down year already. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna lean on. I'm gonna lean towards the guy that the franchise wants to be the number one going forward, Joseph Wall. And I'm I'm just gonna say sorry. I didn't I didn't know all the rules of the game. Thank you for apologizing. I'm sorry I upset you. And just to just so everyone knows out there, Joe Wall ten starts to Samsonov's nine. It's a nine oh nine save percentage for Wall, whereas eight seventy eight for uh, Samsonov there. So just so everyone has a little handle on that. Okay, so we agree on that one. Yeah, we do. Um. Did you want me to change my mind? No, that's Would fine. you have been offended if I was like, Ugh, I heard you make that case and I don't like it anymore? <laughs> no, that would have been fine too. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. How about this one? Yeah. Morgan Riley Ooh. finishes top five in Norris voting or Sheldon Keefe gets a Jack Adams vote. Now for perspective, Riley has once finished top five mm-hmm. in Norris voting when he had 72 points, 20 goals and 19. Sheldon Keefe got a... a uh, Jack Adams vote a season ago like yep. last year he I think he got one second place vote what is more likely I think it is more likely Sheldon Keefe gets a vote but I don't think either of these things is going to happen although I will add that if it's William Nylander that seemed to be this team's MVP this year if the first what if or either or that we looked at comes to fruition of him being a 50 what's point what's more likely okay called, sir right? what's more likely I should pay more attention to these things What's more likely, if it's Nylander that has the year, I think there is very much a, especially outside narrative of like, oh, this is the much maligned player and Sheldon Keefe was able to, you know, poke and prod and get the best version of himself. And now the Kyle Dubas isn't here. Hockey men far and wide can respect what's being done behind the bench of this team. Like, I think there is, I still think the Leafs are seen by most people to be too good for their coach to get Jack Adams votes. So that's why I don't think either of these is going to happen, but I have way more faith that Keefe gets a little bit of credit than Riley's a Norris guy. I I disagree. I I think Riley's got a better shot at it. But yeah, to the Keefe point, Sheldon Keefe did a great job last year and Mm -hmm. deserved more than just the second. Like he was missing his number one defenseman for a month and then they turned into the best defensive hockey team in all of the night. They get, they got a diminished version of Austin Matthews yeah. and still rattled off 115 points. Like, that well, was an incredible job that Sheldon Keefe did a season ago. Well, and I also know that this this is like, yeah, that's your job, but he also had to completely retool his team 20 games before I, the postseason. No, and again, like, you get better players yeah. that should make your job easier, but not always. Well, and also, yeah, it, it's a this is a stupid award anyways, right? Because yes. it's all perception. Best story, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's just... Except when Gabby won his, who we're going to talk to later. That was the most legit uh, of all time. Uh, But yeah, no, it's it's a total narrative award. And when you're a team that is expected to win the Stanley Cup preseason, it automatically, like, removes you from the running. It really does. Unless, like, everybody gets injured. Or, honestly, you have a blue line like, the blue the, the Maple Leafs have yep. this season. I, if if he's able to cobble it together with what they mm. got up until the trade deadline, and then he they boost the, he should be getting um, Jack Adams votes. He won't though. I think it's Morgan Riley who's averaging most ice time of his entire career. Like it's kind of going under the radar, and also is racking up the points as well. Fifteen points in seventeen games. Uh, he's not going to get to twenty goals again probably, mm-hmm. but yeah, he's going to have maybe seventy points again this season. Playing twenty five minutes a game on a team that 
you know, if it gets its act together, yeah. maybe it's competing atop the Atlantic Division. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he gets Norris votes. I just think the perception of the player, and again, like it's not completely unfair, and that he is not seen as such an offensive dynamo to overcome what is seen as his defensive warts, especially when you're looking at other people, but are, are kind of from a league wide perspective. But yeah, you make the case, and you're right. I think the I think the points thing is something that people don't necessarily realize the trajectory he's on. Yeah, and and the the minutes thing as well, like that he's averaging almost 25 minutes a game, and he has to because there's nobody else. All right, you want to do one or you want yeah, me to do I, one? I got one more. Or, well, I don't have one more, but I have one. Yeah, I, maybe we'll do one more. Okay, I have one I, I like here. Uh, this one we get to know the answer from. Well, I shouldn't say that. The Sweden, What is more likely? The Sweden trip is the catalyst for an amazing season that includes a deep playoff run. Or in two weeks, we're talking about how this team was done in by the Sweden trip because they have four games in seven days once they start playing. Four <laughs> games in seven days. So most teams play so two or saying, three weeks. So this, this we're going to know the answer to this very soon because like either like the Leafs are going to do fine in those yeah. four games. I do think. What if they split the four games? Then it's not like were they undone? No, they were undone. <laughs> so where is the bar for like being undone? What if they win three of the four? That's like, allowed. No, that's good. That's okay, good so anything undone. fewer than three wins over the next four against what now like a a Kraken team that's in the playoff mix yep. in the yep. Western Conference after a slow start in Chicago. Uh, Pittsburgh, who's yeah. had great underlying numbers. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's more likely that we're talking about a long playoff run. Although, like, man, is anyone going to be looking back to November as I, the catalyst? I think that I do think that if this team does anything this year, you will see people running and sprinting to talk about how that was it. They got out of the weight that is Toronto, and they got to feel oh. the love, and it wasn't just so <laughs> dour all the time. I don't think that that holds any weight personally myself. I guarantee you people will oh. be rushing to laud the Sweden trip is not the reason, but the only reason mm. why. I, I do think there's going to be a lot of that if this team does anything. I mean... I know you want the Leafs to win every every game, and like yeah, you're very excited to watch them play hockey. Again. So excited! Oh my god! But like, isn't there a part of you that almost hopes that you get to point to that Sweden trip like over the next four games and like what? What happened? I I will always prefer the Leafs perform well than me be right, but. I'd be lying to you if I didn't send a text at the mm. second intermission of the Friday game going, I'm really happy they dragged Willie to Sweden just so he could snap his point streak. Mm. So, yeah, maybe I'm cognizant of those things is probably the best way to put it, I think. For me, I think that we're going to be talking in a week's time about how tough the rebound was from this. And will it completely kneecap their season? Mm. No, I don't. But I think taking two weeks off in the middle of a season is going to have some ill effects sooner rather than later. And so I do lean towards we're going to talk about what a tough rebound it's been from this Sweden trip. Okay, we haven't gotten to to all of my... What's more likely? Oh, I almost made you forget the name of the game. Well, I know you're messing with my head, but I do want to get to these Jay stories that we haven't gotten to. Yeah, we we got time. We can do these later. Yep. Uh, let's start with Josh Donaldson, who is about to be 38 years old. He is a free agent. At last check, he was signing a minor league deal with the Milwaukee Brewers. Eventually, playing in the major leagues with the Milwaukee Brewers. Eventually, playing in the postseason with the Milwaukee Brewers. He did an interview. Um, that was transcribed by the score. Mm-hmm. And 
he answered uh, a question thusly. So here's the question. Hypothetically, would you consider a reunion with the Blue Jays and free agency if that opportunity presented itself? Donaldson, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing if they reach out. That would definitely be something that I would be interested in doing. That's just where I've always felt like it was home for me. My fiance, she's from Toronto. Our kids are half Canadian. Her family's all up there, which would be great for them to be able to be around all year long. For me, that would be the tip of the iceberg, which would be great, and we'll see what happens. He also, in a later part of the interview, said, yeah, I hope to come back and, and finish my career on a, on a high note, but if I do, this will be the last season. Like, I'm not playing beyond 2024. This is going to be my last kick of the can in Major Leagues of Baseball. Brent, should the Jays be reaching out to 38-year-old Josh Donaldson? They should do, like, they they should reach out in a way where they are not actively trying to sign him, but it is out of respect. Like, I've thought about this a lot with Patrick Kane, where mm. it's like, Patrick Kane really wants to meet with the Leafs, and the Leafs really want to meet with Patrick Kane, even though it doesn't really make any sense for either party, but it does feel like Patrick Kane's like, look, that's the Leafs. I ha- I respect their core. I have to go do the meeting with them. And the Leafs go, okay, like Patrick Kane wants to sign with us. We can't just say no thanks. I do think there is something there where this is, you know, was it a 20-year run? No. This is a franchise icon. The Donaldson Dash guy won MVP. Mm-hmm. You cannot be seen to just immediately, yeah, poo-poo, no thanks, get out of here. But you can also not be rushing to bring this guy back into the fold. I mean, I'm not I don't need to go too far down this rabbit hole, but for a team as much as we talk about performance, we talk about clubhouse culture and, you know, I think you can go one way or another. Maybe that's exactly what they need. Maybe they don't need any of that at, at all, but from a performance perspective, there's just nothing to be had there. So that's probably I, that's what I think. I look at it as a way that you have to show a little deference, a little respect to a fran like the guy won an MVP for your franchise. Yeah. You have to do that, but you don't need to do that to such an extent where you gum up your roster for next year by having him in the fold. Well, here's the problem. If you offer him anything, he's accepting it. Yes. Like this guy is like, if you're like, Hey Josh, w- would you even take like a minor league deal mm-hmm. invitation to spring training? I I think Josh Allen is going to say, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, so if you reach out, like it's not like people are knocking down the door for Josh Donaldson. He had last check, even though he had a great, a better start with Milwaukee than he did the yep. end in New York, where it was heinous, heinous, heinous. And uh, Yankees so fans bad, yeah. were more than happy to wave goodbye to the short and futile tenure of Josh Donaldson in the Bronx. Um, nobody's banging down the door for Josh Donaldson because he finished with a sub 700 OPS, even with the Brewers, but he looked a little more. Cromulent mm-hmm. uh, with with the Brewers, and there are injury concerns that he believes are behind him. So the possibility exists that there's something left in the tank for Donaldson. But no, he's just trying to hang on. Like he said, he's trying to finish his mm-hmm. career on a high note, which is not as an everyday player. Like the, the Josh Donaldson doesn't yep. have any any illusions of being an everyday player for anybody next year. If you reach out to Josh Donaldson, though, and especially if you're the Blue Jays, especially considering yep. the things that Donaldson mentioned. Yeah, he's going to sign on the dotted I, line. I guess what I mean by reach out is not like reach out with an offer, but don't be seen <laughs> hey. to publicly poo-poo this idea, I guess, is probably what I'm getting at. And hey, Josh, hey. we see you're a free agent. That's cool. Yeah. In another world, no. okay. So if you were good, we would have signed so you. So really what I'm saying is just <laughs> don't be seen to turn this. In. Like, just there's no public comments needed about this. That's that's really what I'm saying. Here. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, there's no – I mean – 
What do you want? Like, you want I, you I want Votto, you want Donaldson. I know. Well, see, here, there's it a... It really feels like a one or the other situation well, there. And there's, despite the fact that, yeah, Votto wasn't anywhere really close to being peak Votto last year, you can, you can make the you can easier argument yep. that Votto can actually help you in 2024 than, than Josh Donaldson can. Um, but, yeah, you're right. Like, you, <laughs> both guys... Uh, taking up rosters. You spots. know what we need at both corner infield spots? Aging guys. That's what we need. Yeah. I think, again, at best, Josh Donaldson is looking at a minor league deal and an invite to spring training, which I I, I don't necessarily hate. The other thing is, like, yeah, the emotional component can – I mean, there's the, the franchise icon of it all and yep. him sucking up a lot of oxygen in that re- regard. And I know Josh Donaldson has his detractors, especially outside of the city of Toronto, but, like, also inside the city of Toronto. Sure. And also you talk to some people that are around those 15, 16 Blue Jays teams mm-hmm. and, yeah – Things are going great. Well, that's what I was going to say. He feels like a classic guy that when you're winning, no problems to be had. When but, you're losing. But to me, he's like the good type of intensity. Like, yes. hey, Bobachette, intense. Matt Chapman, intense. Yeah. Like, there's some intense dudes on, on the Blue Jays. Hey, man, he had the quote. Like, it's the get it done league. It's not the try league. God, like, I don't know. I, I am a sucker for that type of stuff and and feel like there is a missing element to the Blue Jays that, that he would provide and that's why he should have been the offensive coordinator (laughs) honestly like like what like that's what you want like Mm. i know he's not ready to do that yet but it's like it seems like maybe that's where that element could Mm. come from we keep trying to add like okay brendan belt's gonna come in and it'll be serious and then they'll all understand how uh, no it doesn't work matt chapman same exact thing tried and tried tried I do wonder if that's maybe the reunion here. We've seen this in the past. Like, Encarnacion's been around the team a lot yeah. more in, in that regard. Even Batista, like, you know, just see him with the level of excellence yeah. and things like that. So I think that uh, he doesn't want to hear that right now. But that's what the reaching out is. Like, hey, Josh, like, we did not have a spot for you on this team. We absolutely have a spot for you in this org. He was asked about his post-playing day career, and he, he did say he's going to take a couple years off and then <laughs> probably like reemerge in the game in some capacity. He feels like a guy that could do media pretty easily too. Like, seems like he has a way about him. Like, not yeah. afraid to, to speak his mind uh, as well. We'll we'll see. But yeah, these these reunions, at least on the field, on the ice, on the playing surface, don't generally work out all that well. And it was like, I mean, the the number one. Yeah. One that I go to is the Doug Gilmore mm-hmm. reunion, which was ill-fated and uh, very, very short in tenure. Oh, yeah. I actually, like, when I was a kid, memory hold myself that, like, I was there. I was in Calgary. I was not. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, it's like that is just such a burned-in-my-memory moment uh, of him just writhing. Sucks. Yeah, it's is brutal. Like, this is as bad as it gets. Uh, now I'm sad that we're talking about it, but <laughs> that's, like, at least it wasn't his fault, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at least his body just gave out on him. There have been other guys, be it execs, be it coaches, be it players who have come back, and it is kind of their fault. And just, man, that is forever going to be the saddest one. Like, I, like, I've had the pleasure of interviewing Gilmore a million times. Since, it's been like, your pleasure. It really has been my pleasure. Every time I, like, I'm standing there or sitting there looking at him when I'm doing an interview, it's like I just sit there and I'm listening to what he's saying, but I'm just going, God, the knee... God, mm. Carrie Frazier. Every mm. time, every time. <laughs> All right, time now for something to chew on. Brought to you by great Canadian meats. Perhaps this will put us in a in a better mood. Jose Bautista on the Hall of Fame ballot. Not That's everybody nice. gets on the Hall of Fame ballot. Jose Bautista, he was one of the best sluggers in baseball over a half decade period. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he hit almost 400 home runs in the major leagues of baseball. He's on the level of excellence. He's an all-time franchise guy in the yep. city of Toronto. Had one of the iconic home runs in baseball history, it must be said. Definitely. In in game five of the 2015 uh, ALDS against the Texas Rangers. But the problem is the counting stats just aren't there, man. He yeah. he hit the major leagues at 29. Like if he had if he had become Jose Bautista. At like 24 mm-hmm. and and done what he did between 2010 and, and 2015, you know, for 10 years instead of five. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's an argument to be made and, and you can't quite do the Sandy Koufax, like two incredible dominant right. years, right? Like he's just, he was great, 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 great. And he belongs on the level of excellence. And I'm, I'm glad that he gets his att- attention on mm-hmm. the ballot for Cooperstown. But yeah, obviously... I don't think anybody has any illusions of Jose Bautista getting into the Hall of Fame. No, and that's the beauty of the Jays' level of excellence. Not like there are organizations who go, man, sorry, like you were you were a great soldier for twenty some odd years, but you didn't get into Cooperstown or wherever it is, and you're not going up on the wall. You're not going up on the on the mantle there. So I think it is great that the Blue Jays don't have that restriction, and he's able to get in there. The thing that jumps to my mind is just in terms of perception of how he would be viewed if it was the reverse. Like, let's say he burst on the scene at mm. 24 and he was gone by 30 because of injury, mm. right? Like how, because di- we, uh, like my mind immediately goes, and obviously the postseason success was a massive part of this, but what were all the conversations we had about Corey Seager and how few games he could potentially end up playing in his major league career for a guy who's going to have a couple, wor- now the difference of course obviously is the world series stuff there, but we just had this conversation of the idea of like a guy who because of injuries doesn't have the counting stats. I do think that'd be the interesting question is how would Batista be seen if it was the other way, if it wasn't, if it wasn't him being a late bloomer or whatever, whatever way you want to phrase it versus a guy who just got like robbed from us at 30 when we would still say, Oh he had so much more left to give. Like I, I, I do wonder how we would look at his case. Because it would be different, for sure. Six-time All-Star, top five finisher in MVP voting twice, top 10 voting in MVP uh, voting uh, four times, and Silver Slugger three times, 54 home runs, franchise record, led the league in home runs consecutive years, 54 and 43, before he tried to throw Delman Young at first base, (laughs) had one of the best arms in right field. It, in Major League Baseball, but yeah, you mentioned thirty. God, I, I I am a sucker for like looking up old baseball reference page. Sandy Koufax, yeah, his career over at thirty, like he could barely pick up like a fork mm-hmm. when he was thirty years old. But uh, three Cy Youngs and MVP, yeah, like twenty seven wins when he was thirty seven years old. It's okay, Sandy, that you only made what uh, career three hundred and fourteen starts. Yeah. That's that's what, that's the type of dominant short run you, you got to have to be a Hall of Famer in, in Major League Baseball. This is an incredible six-year run for Jose Bautista. And again, mm-hmm. one of the most feared hitters in baseball over that span and a franchise icon. But, uh, like, we don't have the regular season anymore in Major League Baseball. Like, it's <laughs> over. At least we sort of kind of have the <laughs> Hall of Fame as being the most exclusive. I, I, I've always been a person who if you have to think about it yeah if you have to and this doesn't go for baseball i mean baseball is the one that holds it closest to this but i feel this about all halls if you have to think about it if someone has to make a case if there's an argument to be had sorry 
get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, not Hall of Pretty Good, mm-hmm. not Hall of Had Some Nice Runs. No, Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. Excellence, True Greatness. So, yeah, I'm a small hall guy in all sports. Uh, so, fairly well on uh, your probably one-year run as a Hall of Fame candidate, Jose Bautista. And all right. all, and everyone out there who just heard some Sandy Koufax talk today, I know they didn't expect that, so I'm sure. You should. Always with you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, beyond I mean, high I'm, alert for hot Sandy Koufax talk. I know, like, I was, have you read, I was actually like, sitting here. I was just, like, sitting. I actually, the thought that was crossing my mind was, I don't even think Jeff Blair would be talking to me about Sandy Koufax right now. But you, God. I'm, why not? Uh-huh. I got lots of time to talk about this. Have you, you read some of the anecdotes about Sandy Koufax and, like, how destroyed his arm was at the conclusion of his career? Um, like, literally, like, I made that, like, that's, no, I didn't I make that you. up. Like, he could not, he couldn't hold up a fork to eat. He had to eat with his right arm. It was, like, black and blue. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. My old-timey baseball anecdote is always, like, uh, you know, Ted Williams uh, walking around the day. Rosenet? Oh. Oh, well, that one, too. But also, it's, like, the day he could have sat out to stay over 400, and he mm-hmm. walked around with some... Uh, clubhouse lackey and Ted Williams didn't drink, but the clubhouse lackey did. And it was like, we just have to stop every time we pass a bar for a beer for me. And la- Ted Williams like, okay. And they just talked about it. Should he play? Shouldn't he play? Ended up playing, went like two for three and boosted up the average even more. So that's my favorite old timey baseball right, story. Ted, Ted Williams, Sandy Koufax, hot uh, baseball talk at seven thirty in the morning. Get this on, on a in, a, in a home. Yeah. We would be on fire in there. <laughs> I assume it's streaming live to, yeah, 90-year-olds everywhere. Please. All right, when we come back, the NHL could finally get a best-on-best best as soon as next season, 2025, but with no Russia and only four teams. We'll talk about that next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Dive deep into Toronto sports and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkus podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ben Morning Show, Sports at 590. The fan, Ben Annis, Brent Gunning. So, if Connor McDavid misses the playoffs this year, at least he'll be able to hang his hat on potentially getting to play alongside Sidney Crosby in a best on best. Mm. Best-ish on best. Yeah, that's the way to phrase it. Best. It's not going to be branded some, as a World some Cup. Some best on best, I think, is actually the proper mm. wording. Because okay. they're uh, like the players playing will be the best mm-hmm. that those entities have. There will just be some other bests that are... On the outside looking in. Okay, so let's... Yeah, let's maybe set up the topic. Tell people what <laughs> like, we're talking about. Why is about? this guy having a stroke at 7.30? <laughs> My wife does this sometimes where she'll like... We'll just be sitting there silently. And she'll be like, yeah, I, I, I just think... <laughs> and I'm like, I, you know, like you can't just continue a conversation audibly outside of your brain that you started in your brain. Like, I don't know. What... I am definitely guilty of that for sure. <laughs> like, be... you have to tell me what we're talking about. Yeah. Anyways, all right, here's what we're talking about. The NHL uh, is looking at the possibility of February 2025, which I know feels like a thousand years ago. That's literally one year from this February. Mm -hmm. It still feels so far away. 
uh, with Canada, the United States, Finland, and Sweden. So it's a World Cup thing. It won't be branded as a World Cup thing, but right. those are the. So here's the proposed format: would have the U.S. and Canada playing two games in North America, Sweden and Finland playing two games in either of those two nations. Winner of those matchups, either by points or aggregate goals, would face the second best team from the other matchup, most likely in North America. The winners. I would add parenthetically, like obviously in North America, the winners of those semifinals <laughs> would then meet for the tournament championship, leaving open the possibility that the U.S. and Canada could meet in that final game. The tournament would be com- uh, completed in around a week. The NHL would pause games during the event. Again, it's going to happen in the middle of the season mm-hmm. in February, just like the Winter Olympics mm-hmm. will. And we all have fingers crossed that 2026 in Italy... Yes, that, nailed it. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. I don't know exactly where in Italy, but somewhere in Italy. Uh, Turin? No, it's not Turin. Why not? It's Why like, wouldn't they just go Something back? with a C, Cord- Cordoba or something. Anyway. They have multiple cities in Italy that are fighting over the rights to host the Olympics? No, I don't think that's just right. It's just like where okay. it's going to be. Right. Um, but yeah, that the, the NHL will be going back to the Olympics in, in 2026. Brent, does this yes. interest you? It interests me in the sense that I'm I'm crawling around in the desert and there's like... The water's kind of like brackish and it's brown, mm. but I'm dying of thirst and I got to drink something to keep me going. Mm-hmm. That's the level of interest I have in this. I need Canada to put a best on best team out like I need air to breathe. So I will gladly take it. But this is a half measure of half measures. Is it though? Like, do yeah, you really? It is. Okay. Yeah, it is. What? Like, I get it. Sure. Would I like to see Alex Ovechkin? Would yeah. I like to see Leon Dreisaitl? Sure. I, I sure, sure would. David Pasternak. Yeah, I'd like to see those guys. No doubt. There's something lost there. What's the thing you most want to see? Canada and the United States, yep. right? And you get it at least twice, maybe three times over the course of this thing. And and I know it's a made-up thing, like as uh, all these things are, yeah. right? Like the World Cup is always made up yep. and, until they start playing it on a regular basis, which is also part of this report that the NHL wants to have this thing figured out, that every other year you have either a World Cup mm-hmm. or an Olympics, and that's the the cycle we have going forward, and everybody gets used to that, and, and that's that's the way it is until the next global pandemic that, that destroys everything. Um, but until that happens, you get everything's made up. Um, and because I think most of the players like you are desperate for this dying, thing. Dying. You Conor cannot McDavid, tell them anymore. They can't. Conor McDavid just, God, he wants to play next to Sidney Crosby. Yes. In a, in a best-ish on best situation. I think they're going to treat this thing like it is the be-all, end-all. And yeah, okay. So I want to see Canada, USA. Finland, Sweden is like you talk about geographic rivals. Those two teams hate each other as well. Like there's, it's not perfect. Don't mm-hmm. let perfect be the enemy of good. This is good. Yeah, it's fine. It just uh, feels no, it's good. It feels so small time. A four team tournament. Honestly, if you're telling me this, if I had my druthers, and it's don't let perfect be the enemy of good, and I understand why they wouldn't do this, but. Just have Canada and the States play a best of five, honestly. Like, if, like, I would take that over this, quite honestly. Because That's not a bad idea. No, it's a great idea. But then the problem is, is you're just telling everyone outside of North America, you do not matter at all. And the NHL <laughs> just dragged the Leafs to Stockholm yeah. to prove that that was not the message they're trying to send. So that's, there's just no world where that's going to mm. happen. But honestly, if it's not a World Cup, like, I think the problem I have, or the, and I'm of two minds, because on one hand, I say, who cares about this? Just do it for us. Just do it for the hockey fan. But I think part of this is like grow the game, sell the game, yada, yada, yada. It feels very Mickey Mouse to have the first time in 
a decade that your sport has had best on best that it's there's only four teams worth playing in this thing. So, I mean, if you've waited this long, why not just wait another year? I mean, the thing is, Sidney Crosby. That's, that's, that's why. It, this is only for one guy. Yeah. It's for Sidney Crosby. So then let him play a best of, let him play a, a best of five series or best of three series against the States because I guarantee he'd but like to your that point, just as I mean, much. the NHL just disrupted yeah, no, the no, seasons a, of four teams to go over to Sweden to sell the game abroad yeah, because that's they feel not like happening. that's important. That's not happening. I'm just telling you that it's like if you're going to say like, ah, we're going to do this super, super stripped down version of the thing that we hope to build it up with your Czechias and Germany. Like, yeah, Russia is the one everyone's talking about here. But, you know, like Anze Kopitar, not the player he once was, but you'd still like him to play in something of this ilk. Like there are guys from countries like that. Switzerland, another country that deserves to have their foot in a tournament like this. So I... Yeah, under- but they have no ch- chance of winning, right? No, like, but... What Let's, chance did Canada have of winning the World Cup? Like, it was just great to mm, be there. And sometimes no, we I, need to remember yeah. that there are Canadas of hockey. No, I get it. And you're right. Like, in a full tournament, of course you want to see those teams. Yeah. You want to see, like, the, the surprising upsets. But, yes. like, this thing, it's like we're, we're trying to get the oh, no. best that we got here. And I'm, obviously Russia would be the, one, the one nation. That's the one. But also the Chechia, right? Like, yeah. Czech. I I seem to recall a certain shootout in a certain Olympic Games in which a certain great player wasn't shooting on a certain (laughs) Hall of Fame goalie. Like, Chechia has a... Let me tell you something. Nobody was beating Hashik that day. (laughs) I I feel like, yeah, that that is the one nation... I don't know. Do you do the thing where... Well, Germany, if you're looking at... Like, don't look at it right now. I'm looking at the double IHF rankings. uh, Germany's fifth. But if you're looking... Ahead of Sweden. If you're looking ahead... How do like, they even do the like they because I guess the world championships? Well, championships, I don't think the world juniors would have import on that, but know. a U twenty level maybe. Anyways, but Stutzla and Drysidel are two stars. You're trying to sell. Like, what is the what is the goal of this? And I again, if the goal is just to stop the do whining something. from the players and do something good, but I do think there is some element to this to me that just looks so. Uh, am I going to? Eat it up every uh, last game. Am I going to watch Sweden and Finland and love every second of it? 1,000% and make them be the games that are a good time for me because you uh, tormented me already. But that's neither here nor there. I am going to love it. But I do think from an outside perspective, the guy who's watching ESPN or whatever going, oh, well, what is this? What's going on? Yeah, for It does look Mickey Mouse to me personally. I mean, what looks more Mickey Mouse is if, like, you try and get those other those other international yep. players who are going to be the stars of their team, and maybe Germany as a whole is good. But like, yep. if you if you do another team world again, you can't do that. And is it well? I mean, you can't do it because it would be an odd number of teams, and you'd have to have a different format. But like, I I, I mean, you could like you shouldn't. You could just do what you did last time and do a team world that's not represented yeah, in but, an under 21 I mean, or pick your pick your age, whatever it that's, is. That's, I mean, that World Cup, well, we all enjoyed Team North America, and yeah, you had to remind but like Team World won the whole thing, right? Like, No, Canada beat Team Europe in oh, the final. okay, sure. So... <laughs> Know your hockey history. Mike Babcock, serial winner, led them to a win. Matt right. Duchesne no, was on that team super for memorable. reasons. No, definitely, definitely super memorable. Hey, I I am forever in the tank for that World Cup. I went to so many games. I yeah. was at you and a couple of your closest yeah. buddies. Yeah, yeah, hey, I'm not, prote- but 
this is kind of my point. Everyone looks back at that, and we don't say, hey, we got Canada no, playing best on best. We say, oh, it was Mickey Mouse. Yeah, it but, doesn't but matter. But that was because it was in the era of, like, the NHL is going to the Olympics. It's yeah. been so long that we've had this that it does – it takes on a different level of import, I would say. But I think you do diminish it if you have any – if you throw in anything that reminds people of that World Cup, which it was a good effort, like it's a good idea, like try it. it once. And yeah. Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid on the same team and scoring his first goal at Scotiabank Arena, that was cool. Like, and and yeah, we would have loved to see them play Canada. That would have been really cool. But the game they played against Sweden, I think, was yeah. like what, oh, an that all was. I was again. I was not to brag. I was in the building for that. Sitting. That like, was an all-time game. Yeah, it was incredible. Nathan McKinnon with one of the great, one of the great overtime goals we've seen you have morgan riley with like a great drop of him walking off the ice watching it going oh my god (laughs) uh the thing that i always think of with this team and i i highly doubt they ever talk about it because you know like it's a thousand years removed from their lives morgan riley on that team Mm -hmm. austin matthews on that team Mm -hmm. mitch marner had yet to play in the nhl not on that team yeah, that's the uh, that that's just like it's it, Morgan Riley feels so much older than those guys, but yeah. he's right there with them. No, yeah. it's true, and yeah, and Marner was drafted a year earlier yeah. than Matthews, but, but played Ma- his year in junior. Well, and it was that Matthews had he was just coming off being the leading scorer for America at the World Championship, mm-hmm. so it was like I think he, and can he had already it. played pro hockey yeah. in Switzerland, yeah. and also it wasn't like a guarantee that Mitch Marner made that team out of camp. I don't. No, I mean I felt like it because of the strides that like the organization was taking. But yeah, there was definitely. I mean, it was possible they didn't burn the year and send him back. And yeah, you go look at the goalies on that team it was Hellybuck Gibson and. Another great one who I'm blanking on right now. Yeah, it was fun. I, I understand why it's never coming back again, but, man, I, I will always look back at that you're team a little fondly. You're the – Yeah, well, I know. Oh, okay, what, like the Team North America team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Team Europe. I'm not going to be like, ah, oh, I remember Anze Kopitar no, leading I mean, the boys. Yeah, no, team, that and one. the Team Canada team. Like, yeah. I remember I was doing – Terrible all, jerseys. I, we had, the like, a World Cup square, like, mm-hmm. in 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 um, the distillery. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Is sparsely attended. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just people did not wrap their arms around that. So I, I don't know if that should inform our expectations for this thing next season. But again, like I do think that was a different era when we had the yep. expectation of each and every Winter Olympics. What you're going to get is the thing that matters. Way better to have it than to not. But I very much look forward to when we have real World Cups of hockey and not whatever this is. Okay, so when that happens, yeah. right? So. Assuming they go back to the Olympics in 26. Which is in uh, Milan and that sea city yeah, that I'm Cor- not going to. Cordoba or what is it? Cord. No. Okay. <laughs> Daniele is going to come in here and like punch me if I if I try to say this. I don't even think he's at work yet, but uh, I'm going to get, uh, it's not going to be good if I try. Okay. Um, yeah, no, assume they go back to the, the Olympics in 26. Cortina Dampazio. Okay, there you go. Yeah, see again. That's as, why I didn't want to do it. Assume they go back to the Olympics in 26, then we get a, re, a legit World Cup of Hockey in 28, and then go back to the Olympics in 2030. God, it's 2030. I don't, I don't like talking about these years that are honestly not that far away, but feel like forever from now. A thousand years. I think how, how old my children will be when, oh. that, when that when that rolls along. But um, okay, so imagine after playing in the Olympics, mm. then you get a legit World Cup of Hockey. Will that World Cup of Hockey feel more legit, or do we need like do we need years of ye- years over years over years of like the World Cup of Hockey being back no. in our lives? The second it is back to a true best on best like 
Russia's there. Czechia's there. Germany's there. I'm not going to pretend that people are going to care whether or not Switzerland's there. That one, they, they ain't going to miss it and they'll still feel legit. But once it's a true best on best, we'll, we'll feel that way. Like, mm-hmm. we felt that way about the one in 96. We did. Mm-hmm. All right, time now for the Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. Raptors going to play their second in-season tournament game tonight, 7 o'clock on Sportsnet, Sportsnet 1 in Orlando against the Magic. And it is the Raptors underdogs on the road against a Magic mm. team that's you know, finally taking some strides. Only slight underdogs, though, after their destruction of the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the Magic one-and-a-half-point favorites as uh, Orlando, like the Raptors, mm-hmm. one of the worst offenses in the NBA, and both are pretty good defensively. Like, it's hard not to look at the total of 215.5 and and go to old faithful here, Brent, and take the under. Yeah, definitely under. That is the thing you feel far, far and away the most comfortable about. Uh, Go rims if you're watching that one tonight. Uh, But I will say, I do do feel Raptors plus plus number against this Magic team. I understand the Magic have some talent, but if you believe in – structure and buy-in and you know maturity all of these things the raptors should take care of business tonight so i I do kind of like them at plus plus 100 on the money line as well raptors six and four against the spread in their last 10 against the magic is the under is hidden two of the last three matchups between these two teams and uh two of the last three magic games overall also in the in-season tournament hey the lakers can be the first team to actually punch their ticket into the knockout stage of this tournament they wrap up They're in-season tournament tonight. They're undefeated at home against the Utah Jazz, 10 o'clock tonight on Sportsnet. And it is the Lakers' seven-and-a-half-point favorites, the total 235-and-a-half. Do you have a lean here, Brent? I like the over on the over-under at 235-and-a-half. Like you said there, I just look at this Jazz team. They can't defend a lick. Lakers have their problems, but they can fill it up, especially the way LeBron's been playing uh, at at his age, which is just ridiculous. So, yeah, the thing I feel most confident about there is just the over, over 235-and-a-half, and that's minus 110 on either side of that. Yeah, I like the over as well. Jazz, second-worst defensive rating in the NBA, 120.7 points per 100 possessions uh 27th in the league in two point percentage as well they are they're just a, they're a sieve defensively i mentioned this stat earlier on uh in one of the yes. breaks to you that lebron james at an advanced age still getting it done uh he's in his 21st season this year averaging 25 and a half <laughs> points that is the leader for yeah. players playing in their 21st season again 25 and a half number two on the list Vince Carter in 1819, he was averaging 7.4 points per game. So, yeah, like it is unbelievable what LeBron James has been able to do. And, of course, he wants to win a title, but maybe he would enjoy being the first team to to win the in-season tournament. So maybe extra stakes for LeBron tonight. I didn't think about the fact that it's the first. Yeah, that would provide extra stakes because him winning this thing is not going to add one iota to his like legacy. We're not mm. going to do that in the MJ LeBron debates. Maybe a couple and, paragraphs down and on the an Wikipedia page. tournament. But for all of time to be the first guy who won it, I could see there being some some extra motivation there for sure. Yeah, maybe a little bit. All right, that was The Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet local when we come back we'll talk to a former jack adams award winner bruce boudreau next as the fan morning show continues ben annis brent gunning sports at 590 the fan